In the name of Jesus, amen. When teachers give their tests to students, they do it to learn what their students know and don't know, and they judge their students. And since teachers can't read their students' minds, they need to give a test. And they know whether you studied for that test, whether you pass or fail, uh, according to the grade that you get. And so this is how the, the worldly kingdom works. But what about God? Does he test us? And the answer is yes, God tests his people. He is the teacher and we are his students. And God tests us, we don't test him. Deuteronomy 6 says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. We put God to the test when we grumble, when we quarrel and doubt, saying, Is God among us or not? Is he with us or is he for us or did he forget us? Where is he now? To do this is to test him and to try and mock him. And scripture is filled with examples of people who have tried to mock God and test him and were woefully put to shame. We don't test God, he tests us. God tested Abraham when he told him to sacrifice his only son. God tested Job when he let Satan take away everything he had. God tested his disciples today when he preached to 5,000 hungry people. Jesus went to the mountain and saw the multitude coming toward him. And what Jesus does is this. He turns to Philip and asks, Look, where are we to buy bread so that all these people may eat? And listen to what the scripture says. He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Now, if God is omniscient and he knows everything, then why does he put us to the test? And what's the point? Why does he test us if he already knows what we're going to do? A simple Google search uh, for this question will show you that people have absolutely no idea. Uh, on YouTube, there are like a million videos about this. If you just type in God testing us. And for the, the answers range from what I saw uh, from people saying God doesn't test us to God tests us to see if we really love him. And all of this is false. God is all-knowing. He knows all things. He's not like a teacher who tests you to learn about you. He tests you so that you learn about you. He tests us so that we find out what's in our hearts. He already knows. God tests us to open our eyes so that we would see what we would actually do and not do. And the reason is this. Because you're your own worst judge. We deceive ourselves. We're either too harsh or too lenient with ourselves. Rarely do we hold the, the, the right and realistic view of ourselves. We do this all the time. Uh, people think they're either too good-looking or too ugly, uh, too nice or too mean, uh, that, that they're better or worse than they actually are, kind of polarizing uh, the, the two. And there's no kind of middle ground here. Uh, but people tend to view themselves not in the right light. And if we rarely judge rightly the things that we do see about ourselves, how much worse is it when we judge the things that we don't see? You can't see your soul. Even more, your heart deceives you. It excuses you when you sin. It accuses you when you don't. You think too highly of yourself when you shouldn't. You're too hard on yourself when you are good. You don't judge yourself rightly. You preach forgiveness to yourself when you love your sin and you stubbornly uh, persist in it. You burden yourself with guilt when God declares you forgiven. And this, by the way, is why you need a pastor. You need someone to tell you the truth 
the truth about your sin, and the truth about your Savior. And this is why God tests you, so that you can judge yourself rightly. So consider the disciples. God tested them, and they failed. He knew they'd fail, but why did he test them? So that they would realize their own faith or lack thereof. Jesus knew there was no food. He knew the disciples had no money. And remember that right before Jesus feeds these 5,000 people, he fed 4,000 not too much uh, earlier. And so he tests them by asking, where will we get bread to feed all of these people? And this is what the disciples should have said. They should have said, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? You is where we'll get bread to feed all these people. You is where we will go. You are God. You are the creator. You invented bread. You made manna fall from heaven and you fed Israel with bread that fell from the sky. You fed 4,000 people with seven loaves. You give us daily bread. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. You create life, you sustain life, so create it now, sustain it now, and feed us. That's the right answer. If Philip answered according to faith, then he would have said those words and called Jesus to do what he promises to do. Instead, they did the opposite. They turned their eyes away from Christ. They looked at their own hands. They looked in their own pockets. They counted their money. And they failed. And Jesus succeeded, showing them their lack of faith. Now, the disciples weren't the only ones who failed that day. The crowds failed also. When they received this bread, they wanted to make Christ their king. Not because they truly believed his word and they believed him to be God, but because, they gave, but because he gave them what they needed and wanted at the time. And this is why the scripture says Jesus withdrew from them. He didn't come, come simply to provide daily bread. He came to be the bread from heaven that fills the hungry soul with righteousness. But they wanted bread more than they wanted Christ. And so this is what God does. God tests you by giving and by taking away. So consider your own heart. Will you remain faithful when you've had your fill? If he gives you health, wealth, and success like you've prayed for, how would you fare? If he blessed you with much, will you still praise him? Would you still help the poor, or would you become greedy? Would you take time out of your week and go to church, or would you spend your time in leisure and entertainment? Would you still take your children to church if you can afford to participate and put them in the best sports programs around? Would you consider children a gift from God if he gave you many? Would you think that God is good only if things go well? Would you become bored with church and the Bible? Would you remember his suffering and death? Would you confess your sin and failure? And what about when you lack? Would you complain and grumble if you were hungry? Would you worry when life doesn't go your way? Would you blame him? Would you turn to mediums or false prophets to scratch your itching ears to, and seek to hear only what you want to hear in those moments? Would you leave the church when it can't help you? Would you still trust that God provides when your checks bounce, refrigerator is empty, and when your family falls apart? You don't have to think about what would happen. Just think back to what has happened. Look at what you've done and look at what you do even now. At some point, we've all lacked and we've all had an abundance. And what did you do in those times? 
When you were in need, how many times did you look at your bank account instead of Christ? And when you had your fill, how many times did you fail to thank him? How many sleepless nights have you had worrying about the next day? When you, when you thought you couldn't possibly make it through whatever you were going through, did God fail you? When you thought he wouldn't provide, do you now see and look back and see that he does provide? Do you see now how weak your own faith is? And do you see how much sin still clings to you and to your flesh? This is why God tests you, so that you judge yourself rightly. When you see yourself for who you truly are, this should cause you to repent and it should cause you to trust in Christ. Even though Jesus knew his disciples would fail, he tested them so that they would see their own failure and repent. And even though, they knew, even though Jesus knew they would fail, he didn't fail them. Even though they were faithless, he remained faithful. And through this test, he strengthened their faith. So this is what you need to realize. When you see your sin and doubt and failure, this should make you realize that you need Jesus all the more and more than you know. And this should drive you to him and drive you to learn that if salvation depended upon you, then you'd be lost. You should cling to Christ all the more knowing that your salvation depends upon him who never fails you. God tests you in order that you would trust him. He gives you so that you would praise him. He withholds good so that you would call upon him to give it to you. God te- when God tests you, he strengthens your faith. But when the devil tempts you, he does it to destroy it. And so the question before us is this. How do you know whether God is testing you or if the devil is tempting you? And the answer is, you don't. There's no way to know if what you're suffering is a test from God or a temptation from the evil one. So this is why you must look to and call upon God in every trouble no matter what. This is where you look. You look to Christ. You look to the one who passed every test from his father and who overcame every temptation of the devil. You look to Christ who trusted his father to sustain him, even while he hungered and thirsted. You look to Christ who turned his face away from the kingdoms of this world that the devil offered to him. You look to Christ who was tempted in every way that we are and yet remained without sin. You look to Christ who continued to pray even while he drank from the cup of condemnation. You look to him who never turned his back even while his own was beaten. You look to Christ who turned his face to God while his own was covered with blood, sweat, and tears. You look to Christ who remained faithful to his Father even while his Father forsook him on the cross. You look to Christ who forgave the world even when he was condemned. You learn from Christ to face every test and temptation. No matter what trouble you face or what burden is placed upon your back, no matter what sorrow you see before you, you don't look to the left or to the right. You look straight ahead to the cross and you fix your eyes on Jesus. Be comforted by the certainty that it is God's punishment sent upon you, not only to punish sin, but also to test your faith and love. He does it to refine you, to make you better, a better person, a better Christian. Instead of fear and despair, every disaster should provoke and strengthen your faith in God. When God took all good things away from Job and Job's wife said to him, Look, curse God and die, Job says, Should we accept good from God and not accept evil? 
And when God took all things away from Job, Job then said, The Lord gives and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I hope you see what happened. That disaster and calamity didn't silence Job and his prayers. It amplified them. It didn't quench his faith. It strengthened it. He didn't pray less when he suffered. He prayed more. If God hasn't given you a spouse, if he has taken away your sight, your legs, your ears, your house, goods, fame, child, or wife, or any of these things, so what? Respond with faith and trust and say, what is that to me? I don't need health to praise God. I don't need money to thank him. I don't need success to trust in him. Even if I were to lose all of these things, God remains good. He loves me. He cares for me. He sent his only begotten son to suffer and die for me. So what if I hunger and thirst for a little while? He knows best when to send me joy and best when to send me sadness. So trust God when you're tested and cling to him when you're tempted. Know that Christ will bring you through and he won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. His test is not to harm you, but to heal you. And as you go through all these trials and tests and temptations, take comfort that God will judge you on account of Christ and take you to where he is, where you will neither be tempted or tested anymore, but be at peace at last. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.